I think there is rightfully so this level of skepticism that, that people have, which is why it's, I think it's super important to build trust and, and function from this authentic space. Black creativity is unstoppable. The Studio Noise podcast takes you into the studio with Black artists and creatives making the art that moves the culture. You get to feel all the inspiration, technique, and passion behind the people making paintings, making sculptures, making prints, making noise. It's the Studio Noise podcast with your host, Jamal Barber. It's the noise. Yes, it's your boy, Jay Barber. Every organization needs good leadership, and we'd like to think that every arts organization can have somebody like today's guest, Janelle Logan, at the top, giving artists their proper respect and make things happen that benefit everyone involved. Currently, Janelle is the creative director at the McCall Center in Charlotte, North Carolina, and we talk about her ideas about the arts organizations and how she works to support artists in a lot of ways, including curating and studio visits. All the artists listening definitely want to tune in for that part. It's super insightful. Visit the podcast website, studionoisepodcast.com. Get the episodes, transcripts, go to the store and pick up an embroidered Studio Noise apron. <laughs> you know, guys, a new product's up there. Stay clean in your studio and show support for the show. Join the Studio Noise Patreon like Lavender Rothman. Appreciate you for joining. All your donations keep the show going smoothly as I do my best to keep you inspired with these great conversations. We got all the artists that you want to know that you need to know. The best black art conversations on the internets. Make sure you rate and review with us wherever you're listening. Let everybody know about the noise, yo. <laughs> right now, find two artists on IG, DM them. I mean, make sure you know them. Use your proper DM etiquette, <laughs> like we said at the end here. And then let them know that we got Janelle Logan coming up after the break. This is a good one for you. It's the noise, baby. Yes. This is Jamel Wright Sr., abstract artist, living in Atlanta, GA. You're listening to Studio Noise. All right, it's your boy, Jay Barber, uh, tuning in to Studio Noise. You know, Studio Noise is a fam. You know, I always tell y'all that. And, and we had our special guest, Mr. Juan Logan way back in a couple of episodes ago when we got to talking and of course i re- highlighted how amazing his wife was it's like yo why not bring her on the podcast too why not joe so on the studio noise fam it's janelle logan coming on the podcast how you doing i'm well how are you i'm good so great to talk to you you are a uh, amazing accomplished woman and so <laughs> you know we always appreciate that kind of stuff over here yo well thank you i appreciate that yeah for sure and men now miss janelle is the creative director at the McCall Center for Art and Innovation. Uh, she has worked for the Met- Metropolitan Museum of Art, Whitney, uh, the Gibbs Museum of Art, Harvey Gantt Center, uh, just all around, executive director of League of Creative Interventionalists. Uh, she just does it all. So, <laughs> you know, why not bring <laughs> her in and let her be amazing for the podcast? Well, thank you. I'm really happy to be here um, and excited for like where we end up in the conversation. For sure. Uh, And so 
in researching you and just looking you up and all the stuff like the the idea of leadership came to my mind uh, because I mean that's that's what you do you go to these organizations you are creative directing or executive directing like you're in charge like what <laughs> what gave you the idea to take this route in your career um it's kind of funny I don't know I never really thought that I would be in charge I'm sure they want to say <laughs> differently, right? Right. Um, but I, that hasn't necessarily been um, my intention. I think I've been like super mission driven about supporting artists and I guess what that looks like. So I guess it makes sense that um, I would end up in these roles. But I've been really, you know, since being, I would say that Whitney kind of started this perspective. Like, what does it mean to work with contemporary artists, right? Artists who are working now. Um, what does it mean to um, kind of promote and and create a space where you can challenge ideas? Um, sometimes those ideas are hard for us to process. And so how do we build the space to do that? And then also how do we, in these systems that exist in the art world, how do we make sure that there are diverse voices at the table, on the walls, being, you know, supported through like collecting, you know, how do you do that? And so um, that's really been what has led my kind of career and practice. And then I think ultimately kind of pushed me into these positions. I am part of one of your bios on one of the sites said uh, it was a quote on it said you were invested in servant leadership. Uh, mm -hmm. Tell me about that a little bit. So I think for servant leadership, I mean, it, it, for me, right, the idea is there's two perspectives, right, in leadership. There's that top-down model where, like, you're the boss and you, like, are the queen of all you survey. And, and so your decisions are really made kind of from that perspective and, and, and that position. And, and then for servant leadership – you know, I think it's more about like transformation and working collaboratively and really thinking about if this is our goal, how do we all get there? Right. Yeah. Um, how do we like pool our resources, really think about our skill sets so that we're like leading together and making change. So I always kind of think about my role as, um, less leader, more facilitator, hmm. um, and, uh, bringing folks to the table. So even when I think about like how I curate, um, you know, there's lots of conversations with the artists who will be on view, um, or showing their work or sharing their work so that it's, um, I think kind of an authentic space and, and we can really kind of generate and get the ideas around the work like out in a way that, um, I think is more true and, and it brings fulfillment to everyone who's involved in the process now. And, you know, sometimes we have moments where you have to make an executive decision. Um, but we all kind of go on that journey together. And so for you, what part came first? Was it the curation or the directing? Like how did you end up in, I mean, how do you balance those two roles? Um, it's interesting. I actually started in education. So in, in museum education in particular, uh, because that's, I think the place where people primarily like when we think about access, right? So how are people coming? How are people engaging? What are they walking away with? How do we make this space 
comfortable, how do we translate kind of the exhibitions or the work so that people can kind of come and have their own conversations and build their own relationship? So I actually started in at museum education um, and then having, I think, trained as an art historian, a practicing artist, um, you know, an undergrad, I studied anthropology. I think all of that kind of came together to really start to think about if we're, you know, we're creating access to these stories through work. What are the stories that we're telling? Um, and how do we tell a broader kind of story or build bigger narratives so that more people um, can not only access the stories, but can connect. And so it was kind of this evolution from um, education to curating to leading. And I still do a lot. Like I see all of those things as related. Mm-hmm. So I still do a lot of those things in my in my work. But I think that that's kind of the the path that I took. When you enter these institutions, like, you know, all the places that I've talked about and more that you've worked for uh, that's not been mentioned yet. Uh, when you enter those spaces, what do you see your role being, especially as and I'm asking this specifically because you are. I consider you and people in your position to be the conduit between uh, what I call the streets, right? It's just regular mm-hmm. artists that are out working, uh, trying to, you know, trying to do their thing. And mm-hmm. these organizations, which which sort of control uh, the trajectory of your career. Do you know? Does they that do. make sense? Oh, they very much control yeah. or can control the trajectory of your career. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so what is my role in that? I, I think I, if I'm doing it right, there are a couple of things that I'm doing. Um, you know, I'm opening space with a full understanding of what artists, um, careers are kind of informed by. So I'm opening space for that career development to happen, whether it's through, you know, having an exhibition, whether it's, you know, like having an, um, other curators come in so that they can get feedback and connections through their work or to their work with other people. Um, is it about asking sometimes tough questions of artists, like artist statements, like, what are you, what are you writing? Yeah. What does this um, even what mean? Are you yeah. Saying? <laughs> yeah. Like for real, sometimes I'm just like, um, let's talk about this. Right. So like, you know, what are you presenting and what are you actually saying? And does that even connect to your work? But I think, you know, in all of those spaces, my responsibility is to facilitate space, um, for all of those things. Um, and to build relationships because, you know, like the reality is these cultural spaces often feel distant and separate to people. Right. Um, so how do you build like a build a space where people can forge their own relationship so that, you know, they don't put feel put off so that, you know, people who traditionally either have not been seen as collectors or have always been seen as collectors can come and support these artists. Cause like dollars are a real thing. Right. Yeah. So like, how do you make these spaces um, and, and build these programs so that you are able to connect uh, with artists and audience and connect them? Um, I don't need to be a part of all those conversations, but can we make space for those conversations to happen? And are those conversations already happening? Like when you go into like a place like the Whitney, like what is mm-hmm. what is the environment in the in the mind state of 
the other people that are like in those positions too? Or, or do you feel like you're radically different bringing like a completely <laughs> different perspective to it? I don't know that I'm bringing a completely different perspective to it. I think, and I think it depends on the organization and the institution, right? Because some spaces are purely dedicated to showing work, right? right. So museums, generally, their mission is to collect and show work, right? They don't sell. Um, you, you know, they have programs that allow people to kind of connect to and interpret the work, but they're, they're uh, in, um, a showing and collecting organization. A space like where I am now, McCall Center, we are an artist in residence program. So it's super hands-on. Yes, we show, but our um, kind of goal and intention is to create space or where artists can work and experiment and for like three or four months, you know, they're supported through studio space and a place to live and, you know, an honorarium. But ours is like a working, experimental, connecting environment. We don't collect, so there isn't that. Um, I think we can take more risks, and there isn't this need to kind of validate the purchase of work, right? Mm. Because honestly, that happens in those museum spaces. Um, so I think my position, or or what these organizations do, and their perspectives are, are fundamentally guided by. Um, their institutional kind of category and mission. Mm. I think the thing that is a little bit, that might make me a little bit different, um, but there are a lot of, I think, folks in the field that feel the same way, is that um, we need to make these spaces accessible and for people who have traditionally been excluded, right? So you could be, you know, and, and speaking frankly, like if we look at race, like Black artists have been traditionally kind of left out of the market or um, relegated into these small spaces in the art market, um, given fewer opportunities in, in like various programs. And so, you know, I think about constantly, like who is not, who is not here and how do we get them here? Yeah. And I, I think that's what, uh, I, I don't speak for myself uh, in, in the people that, <laughs> that kind of think like me, but um that's always the question that I have when you look at institutions, right? And, and it's an extreme amount of skepticism, especially based on what's supposed to be this black renaissance, you know, uh, uh, of, uh, you know, uplifting black artists into like these spaces and correcting the, correcting the history and the canon and all the kind of stuff um, the, to imagine myself always skeptical to see how genuine that is. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does make sense, right? Because there have been moments, I mean, <laughs> throughout history where, you know, being inclusive, bringing people in has always come with kind of strings attached or caveats or the idea that there can be only one um, or a select few. And I think that, that you know, that's, that has been kind of imposed on people who are without power. Right. Um, and this kind of a, a singular cultural perspective forever, right? So um, I think there is rightfully so um, this level of skepticism that, that people have, um, which is why it's, I think it's super important to build trust and, and 
function from this authentic space because people, you know, people know and people are sensitive enough to be like, oh, so like you only talk to a certain group of people during their like representative month. Right. right? So it's like, you know, and and then every other time during the year, like we don't hear from you. It's crickets. Right. You don't reach out. and, and, And that is a part of it. Right. So if we're talking about like cultural shifts, then it needs to happen across the board and you need to put yourself out there and you need to build these kind of long-term relationships and you need to listen. Um, and so I think organiz- like cultural organizations, if they're really about that work are learning that and applying that. Um, and, you know, hopefully there will be kind of a, a broader systems change. Yeah. I'm hopeful. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, we're always hopeful. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then it, then it's a matter of how oftentimes accountability can be a full-time job. You know what I mean? Right. Like it, mm-hmm. it takes a, a certain groups to, I, I just heard a number um, recently that out of the last year with the George Floyd and all this, you know, Black Lives Matter stuff, like people pledged like $50 billion to black organizations and uh, so far, only like $120 million have, mm-hmm. has went out the door. <laughs> so it, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's that kind of thing where, like, yes, you know, we appreciate the goodwill. We, you know, <laughs> like, you know, put your little post up and your little statements. Um, right. But the actual investment is what we need to see. And I think right. that that would lead to a, a remarkable change. Because I think there's a lot of artists out there that are doing the work and doing it at a high enough level that it doesn't bring down the institution to bring them in at all. And so, mm-hmm. so what the, really the only caveat will be their race in, in, in my opinion, you know, mm-hmm. does it make sense? Mm-hmm. It does. And, and, and it's interesting because I think that there are so many things that kind of contribute to that and like, or happen. So, you know, there, and I, and I'm having, I have my MFA. So like, having gone through a very Western formal education in terms of like art and practice, I think that there, that, you know, race is definitely an issue. I think that also though, um, like how we're taught in art school is, is, is an issue. And it, I think it's, it's a very kind of economic perspective, right? Mm. So you don't like, you learn how to create things, but you don't learn how to do business. Mm, Right. Right. Um, So those people, those artists who have connections, they know dealers, they know these art spaces, they know collectors or have social capital enough to engage with people already. They've done the networking, Mm -hmm. right. They automatically have a leg up versus someone who does not have that, that kind of uh, connection or relationship. And they're incredibly talented, but they don't know the business of art. And it is so much business. Right. Right. And so I think those divisions kind of lead to really talented people who, off, who do not have those relationships, which can often kind of be broken down economically. And then on top of that, racially, right? That, that they don't have the opportunities. They don't succeed. They don't get the shows, right? They don't get collected. They're not able to make, um, you know, a living off of their practice. And instead they're like, like a lot of artists working um, and they start to diminish their artistic practice thinking of it now as a hobby, not as a way 
mm. not as their right. profession or like their pat, you know, their career. That's true, yeah, because it, it's uh, I, I spoke about this on a couple of episodes ago, but uh, art is also being an artist is an emotional investment in in, mm-hmm. in a lot of times, and it's very hard <laughs> to to constantly be emotionally stable. Like, mm-hmm. and especially in an environment when you, you put so much work and, and so much other stuff in it. And it's always this one other thing that you should have done. And mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with the art you made or your talent or like how much time and effort you put into creating. Uh, it is like the other stuff that you talk about. And that can be completely frustrating, especially for somebody mm-hmm. that's operating on an emotional level in terms of right. how they engage their work. So I can yes. see how that could lead to a lot, a lot of difficulty, <laughs> a lot of mm-hmm. difficulties. And so, I mean, I think that's why I, I love having conversations with people that are in your position, right? Where you can give like a different perspective to this kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, especially to like my audience. My audience is is in terms of a lot of emerging artists, I would think, um, okay. coming up. So, you know, it's good for them to hear this kind of stuff and get them thinking there's a there's a whole practice that you have to build around your work, not just mm-hmm. make good work and, you know, put it on Instagram. Like it's a whole another thing level that you have to do to maneuver yourself into these spaces. Right. And even if you are putting it on Instagram, like, are you taking really good, like images of your work so that (laughs) like people can actually see it? And, and what are you saying about your work? Um, you know, when it's up there, like I think those are, you know, some of the things that like you really have to think about. Um, but we often aren't prompted to think about. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I'm going to turn the conversation a little bit and okay. talk about your role as a creative director. Like what what exactly do you do as creative director? Oh, I do like anything. No, <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> it feels like everything in this moment. No, but um, really, I think it is the creative director. My role or responsibility is to really think about our organization's mission and vision um, and translate that in, in the most kind of uh, creative way possible, right? In a way that supports um, artists because artists are the center of our program and what we do. Um, but then also thinking about like engagement. So how are we like functioning as a space where artists aren't just commun- creating in a void, but they're connecting with each other. They're connecting with the broader Charlotte community, which is why they come like to Charlotte um, and beyond. I mean, we're a national, international residency program. Um, and so like thinking about those longer term, broader connections and commitments to artists, because once you're a part of the program, you are a part of McCall. Um, how do we support you beyond the time that you're here? And so, you know, I work with amazing people um, and I constantly um kind of challenge us all to think, okay, so, you know, how do we build, we're in this unique building, right, with these unique artists. Um, We are a contemporary space, so inherently we should take risks. You know, how do we do that um, in a way that is true to who we are, it supports what we're about, and then also ultimately leads to kind of transformation, so that's kind of what I, that, that's what I 
see myself doing. <laughs> that's what I imagine that I'm doing. Yeah. At least. Uh, that's awesome. Yo. And anybody that's listening, they can go to McCallCenter.org and uh, check out the residency program. Uh, tell us a little bit more about the the residency um, mm-hmm. program. Like, and, and specifically, what and who, what type of artists, who would you be looking for to be a part of that? Like, is it the specific criteria? Okay. So the, generally speaking, artists who are practicing, um, so we ask that you not be in school um, and that you not be someone who just wants to do art um, kind of casually or as a hobby because we're really hoping to support your careers. So contemporary practicing artists, um, we say emerging, but we've had a range and we have various opportunities, right? So we've had a range of artists who are like truly kind of getting into like their practice, like some who would just receive their MFA all the way up to, you know, artists who are, have been established for a moment, but are kind of looking at doing new work. Um, we ask that you have a body of work so you can show what you're about and what you do. Um, and can talk about your work uh, because what we do is to build cohorts. We generally have four artists at a time um, in our residency, and each residency is about three months. And so what we're looking at is not only how well you create, um, we're looking at your ideas, and then also how do we build this best kind of group at one time um, in order to really support all of your growth in these exchanges of ideas um, and an opportunity to play. And play is, I think, incredibly important. I always think of play in terms of like education and process, right? And like moving ourselves forward without the stress of it being perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, we generally, you can pretty much make anything that you want here. We have a lot of resources. So we have a printmaking space, a lab with various prints, um, you know, you can do, we can't do lithography anymore, but like etching, screen printing, you know, lino cuts, et cetera. We have a media lab for those who want to do digital work and print large scale. Uh, we have a sculpture space um, complete with a wood shop and welding equipment. Uh, there's a ceramics lab downstairs where you can fire things and also build some things. Um, and we generally just kind of have equipment for folks, uh, to really kind of try things and play. We have performance artists, we have people who want to collaborate, but it's really for artists who want to make arts their career, um, who want to be in a space where they, um, can experiment and try new things, um, and are open to that. Cause like some artists just want to, like, I paint trees and I'm gonna come <laughs> there and paint trees. Um, we might not be a good match because we really want you to like think about what these trees are. Maybe you're like building trees by the time you leave. Um, but it's really a space for experimentation for artists who want to like connect with other artists, um, and, and who I think also feel that they can function kind of on their own, right? Sometimes artists are in a space where they really, um, they're kind of frozen and we're not, we're not saying that like, you know, creative block is a challenge, 
but you really are in a lot of ways encouraged to to work um, at your own pace and you're kind of left to your devices. We will pop up. We'll look at what you're doing, but we um, hope that you're driven, self-driven in a way that allows you to, to like take full advantage of all the things that are here and on the table. That's awesome. And it's a, and for people that don't know, this is located in Charlotte. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a reformed Presbyterian church. It's a beautiful building. I think I visited there once uh, a few years ago. Uh, yeah. It's, it's pretty, yeah, it's, it's very, very, very beautiful place. Um, and that I love the idea of experimentation as the emphasis, right? Mm-hmm. And, and cause most often people want you to do what they know you can do. Like, you know, right. give, give me more of that stuff. Like, you know, the, those, you know, those circles that you did that time. Right. <laughs> like, like do, do some more of those for me. Uh, but I, I like that idea of innovation. Yeah, it's important. I mean, that's the way that we kind of progress, right? And oftentimes you're right. Like people see your work, they see a particular body of work, it's successful. They want more of those things. Um, you know, we want you to do more of those things if if that's where you are. But like, how do you continue to grow as an artist? Even if you don't show the new work to anybody ever in life, right? You still have that opportunity to create and to push yourself and to feed your kind of your spirit um, and to try new things because, you know, as, as many folks know, like you make something and you think it's done, you're not exactly sure what to do with it. You don't know how it's going to manifest later on. And then, who knows, like a week, a month, a year, 10 years later, you're like, oh. And then the problem, you're presented with a new problem. You remember that work, solve that problem. And then you're on to this whole other thing. Right. And so that's the the space that we want to make for artists. Well, well, you've only been there for a short time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so, so I was going to ask you, like, what, 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 what was a dramatic change that you've seen? But, but uh, you haven't been in that role for, but as long. What, but what's interesting is I came in, um, and and I was interested in the position because they were in a space of change, and I and I think that's my thing, right? I love organizations that are. Um, solving problems and in a moment of transformation. And so they, um, you know, the organization itself is like, um, I mean, I think like 20 years old, maybe a little bit more. Um, they've had a, a very kind of a traditional, in some ways, uh, residency model. Um, and right before COVID, the organization did um, kind of some soul searching and came up with a new strategic plan and then committed to executing the strategic plan, um, even during COVID. Um, and then, you know, I came on and, and what we're doing, which I think is really interesting, oftentimes for, for residency programs, it's about the artists who are away and come in and then they leave again. Um, and one of the things that is a challenge for Charlotte is really thinking about how we support local artists, mm, right? Yeah. The artists who are here. And I mean, you hear this in all cities. It's like, you got to like show somewhere else yeah. before like they recognize <laughs> that's you, the, right? Yeah, that's the Atlanta motto. As soon as you come mm-hmm. in, <laughs> that's the first thing they like, say. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, it's like recognizing that. And so what we've done, and since I've like come on, uh, we revamped, and this started before I came, but revamped the the residency program so that there are fewer residents. So we have four, I think there used to be six or seven at one point. 
um, we took the studios because the studios are really big. Artists also get a really great big space. Um, we took those larger studios and made them smaller so that local artists could rent out smaller studios or mm. those studio spaces. Yeah. Um, and then they have access to the same equipment that the artists and residents have. Right. So as a printmaker trained as a printmaker, um, I, it's super hard to like be a printmaker if you don't have access to a press and if you don't have enough space for a press yeah. and if you don't like, how do you like learn new techniques in like printmaking? Right. How do you keep current? And so this, this kind of model allows for artists who might not have large enough space. And, and I think Charlotte, like Atlanta, like a lot of spaces that were for artists have now become residential, like townhomes and things like that. Right. Yeah. So like spaces are like hard to, to get, and then they're smaller. Um, you can't really like afford to buy like a $5,000 press. Right. So, but you're able to then kind of work in this space, exchange ideas with artists who come from all over the place and then use this equipment. Right. So it, it's, it's changing the model. It's, it's, but at the same time, it's fostering our mission in a, in a broader way. Hello, I'm Maurice Evans, mixed media artist, and we're listening to Studio Noise. So that's kind of, that's why I came um, and what I've been working on with my colleagues since arriving. And it's super exciting. Like we just, what is it, two weeks ago? Maybe. Just got our first cohort of studio um, renting artists in. So there are eight artists who are here now um, who live in Charlotte, um, totally different backgrounds in terms of like who they are, what they make, how they approach their work. Um, and they're like building this community uh, with these other artists who are have come in from around the country. So it's exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I'm I'm from North Carolina, so uh, oh. the reason, one of the reasons I moved to Atlanta, was because I didn't see that kind of community around, mm-hmm. and so it it's not a desirable place for was was not a desirable place for me to be in turn because that's what I was looking for. I was looking for mm-hmm. more of us uh, and something to like hold on to. Does, does that right. make sense? And so yeah. I ended up, that, that's why I ended up leaving North Carolina because I didn't see it as a viable art making place. Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. If I'm like now here, I can make a living off uh, doing shows all over Atlanta. Uh, I didn't see the same opportunities in North Carolina. So right. that, that's pretty exciting that you would, to have that space available for people that are around Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, you, you talked about this, right? It, there are these, there are artists who are incredibly talented, um, who are in our communities that like we don't know about, they might not know about us. There might not be, they might not have the support that they need in order to kind of take that next step. Um, so, you know, it's our responsibility to create those spaces to make that happen. Absolutely, I'm 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 super glad super glad that, <laughs> that there's organization there that that is uh, looking to take on that mission because that that is a particular kind of thing 
of uh, searching out people to invest in in your uh-huh. community and they're there and it is a matter of uh, disseminating the information to people uh-huh. um, and so how do, how do you do that how do, are y'all like connected to the universities around or we are so we have relationships with the universities um, community colleges right because like everybody is like again talent knows no single place um, and we're trying to move away from some of those like uh, traditional uh, hierarchical trappings <laughs> that get people caught up. We work, we have a group of um, high school students who are working with us this summer who come from all over the Charlotte area, and different schools. Some of them um, are artists, but all of them are interested in like what are creative careers. So they're here. Um, we have relationships with community-based organizations. Um, we are intentionally building partnerships with other arts organizations or creative-based organizations um, that support artists. And we're strategically um, also collaborating with funders who um, really want their dollars to go to supporting work like this. So two of our local studio um, renters have their rent covered by funders um, in order to to make sure that, you know, we're being equitable because that's a real thing. Like, you know, artists who have studios are generally people who have disposable income who can afford these spaces. So how do we make sure that though, you know, again, incredibly talented, incredibly brilliant, incredibly driven people who might not have the extra money to to have a space. How do we ensure that they're here too? Yeah. That's wonderful, yo. That that's really amazing. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, that's exciting to hear, yo. I definitely want to come up and stop by uh Please and do. check out, out again. Yeah. I've been I haven't been it's been a few years since I've been, especially since COVID. I haven't been like mm-hmm. around. Come hang out. Switching again uh to like just just your idea of of, of curation and uh-huh. thinking about the ways that you engage an artist in in that practice uh, uh-huh. what what catches your attention that you see from an artist like is there <laughs> any one thing that stands out or do, or do you look at the body of work and what well, I'll let you explain it <laughs> what what do you what do you what catches your attention so, um, and I know that p- people feel differently about this, but I think good work, strong, visual, intentional work is the first thing that I see and notice. Um, I think that it is, and that you have a voice, right? All of us have learned to like paint you know, landscape. So you have the happy little tree and the happy little mountain and the happy little brook in the foreground. Right. And that's all great. Um, but that's not your voice. I'm, I'm really interested in artists, um, who have, are making a statement or, 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 you know, that that work is associated with them, right. That there's a clear conversation. I might not always get it, but like, (laughs) <laughs> there is like for real I mean there's work that I hang and ha- an artist that I've worked with where I may not have loved the work personally but you know it's it's technically really well executed they're making these really important um, or they're making statements in their work um, because that foster like thought or conversation or you know work that is just beautiful I think we discount beauty entirely too much right so work that is beautiful 
Um, and, and, and often when I'm working on a project, I think it depends on the, the, the theme of the project, right? So what are we investigating and how do we have as many voices as possible to have a full conversation around that issue? Um, those are things that, that for me kind of start the process. Mm-hmm. Um, having enough work is super important. Like I cannot, cannot say enough. Like, <laughs> If you only have 10 pieces to show someone, that's a problem. Right. Right. Cause like, you're not, you're not doing the work. Like you're, you're not. And I get that there are different reasons why, but like, if you're going to have a show, 10 pieces is nothing. Right. And do you like, do you have the time to create a whole other body of work? Oftentimes curators want to look and see what's going to be included before they just kind of sign off. Like there's a level of trust to be like, okay, you know, I haven't seen these 20 paintings that you're going to (laughs) include, but you know, we got you. Right. That's a whole different thing. But like, where is your practice? Right. Where is your work is something that's important. And, And for me, you have to be able to talk about your work. Like you got to, right? Because that is in for me, um, when it provides context and it just kind of clarifies where you're coming from. So, you know, all these big old esoteric kind of like statements, <laughs> even you can be wordy as you need to be, but is there content? Right. And, and that, that for me is, is really important. Um, I love uh, taking, talking with, and working with artists of all kind of like um, spaces in their career. So, you know, often people feel that, oh, I haven't had enough exhibitions, so no one will ever consider me for a show. Um, I don't want to function that way. I think if you're, if the work is strong, if there is, you know, we're able, we're building this dynamic kind of conversation or like presentation, visual narrative with the work whether you've been in this game for 20 years or for 20 minutes I think it's all fair game and so that um when I I think about putting together shows those are things um that are important to me and where are you finding these artists all over so um sometimes it's from friends and and curators who know folks work um I go to look at work a lot and I think artists have to do this too I look at work a lot and so like I'll note somebody like "Ooh, that was interesting um I also talk to artists that I trust so um and know that they um are really intentional about um who they work with or like who's out there. Like I know that they're looking. And so, you know, I've called an artist and been like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm working on this show. These are the ideas. Who, who are you looking at? Um, because you, I think that's important, right? That, that your this peer to peer connection, I think is important. Um, and it, and it's part of a vetting process too. Right. So, so those are um, some of the places where I find artists. I always encourage people to reach out to, um, because again, I think one, you need to be an advocate for your work and two, you can't be everywhere and see everything. Right. And so, you know, if I'm always encouraging artists, you know, reach out, we can talk. Um, If it works now, great. There have been artists that I've wanted to work with for like four years and then suddenly had an opportunity to do that. And so, um, that's kind that, that really is a lot of, of the way that I work. 
And how do those conversations usually go? Like when people reach out to you, like what are, what are they, what are they saying? Just like, Hey, uh, I need to be on the show. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> Done. No, that ain't it. Um, often like, you know, people, one, it has to start with like, this is who I am. This is what my work is about. Um, you know, would you, can I, can we set up a time for you to like do a studio visit or to see my work or whatever? Yeah. Right. Because I think the that's important. The work has to speak for itself because you can talk a great game, but oh, if you I, can't I'm, I'm sure that, I'm sure you've seen that a lot. Like people that yap, 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 yap. Mm-hmm. The work, like, uh, <laughs> so, hold up. Um, <laughs> this is not for real. Yeah. Nah. Right. <laughs> you know, and I think part of that is like the process, right? Because somewhere along the line, your ability to talk versus your ability um, to to create, like there are these moments, right? Yeah. That where it was supported and it's like, nah, that's okay. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, can, you know, I'd love to show you some of the work. I love to look at work and I love to talk to, to artists about what they're doing, you know? And so um, I think that is a space. I often, when I have some like initial conversations with artists, I often ask about like, you know, what are you doing? What What are your goals? Like, do you just, and, and that sometimes is a hard question for artists, you know, and I'm like, there's a difference between like in this moment, I want to be in a space where like I can experiment, right? So I can refer, like encourage you to look at residencies or we can unpack residencies and, you know, what are some of the great things about them or what are some of the challenges? Or, you know, if it's about, I've been in these residencies, I've been showing at these spaces, you know, what are other opportunities um, or where should I look? We can have those conversations. I don't want to engage in transactional conversations mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, here's my work. Are you going to show me? Like, that's not, because <laughs> it could, I mean, sometimes it's a simple yes or like, that's a yes or no, right? That's right. like, that's it. Like that's a, that's a boundary. Um, but how do we have a fuller conversation so that you walk away with something? Um, I walk away with something we've learned from each other. We've been able to exchange these ideas and build a relationship, right? Because I think a lot of the way that I work is in terms of relationships, um, transactions are fine. And sometimes the world has to be that way, but you know, if this is about like a broader career, if this is about, cause it's an, and it's a small art world, right? If we're going to run into each other, right, yeah. like in these different spaces, then we should have a positive, like we should have some level of relationship because I'll tell you what, you know, I don't know how many times I might be working on something. It might not be a great fit. I have a, you know, someone, a colleague call and be like, Hey, I'm working on this. Do you know of anybody? Or I'm working on this. I'm considering this artist, you know, do you know of them? And what do you, what do you think? Like that's beyond just like the transaction of yes or no. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine all y'all curators on like a one big zoom call, like just giving <laughs> like notes to each other. <laughs> we were about, like texting, yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. About who's good and who's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yo. So well, tell me one, one of the best studio visits that you ever had and one of the worst just for oh, fun. <laughs> okay. What, one of the best, um, Okay, I have one. One of the best ones was with an artist, um, and what made it great 
was she was so excited by her own work, right? Mm. Like she was just like, oh my God, you have to see this. Like, you know, I was working on this. I saw this. I'm curious about this. Like, I'm, you know, she was just inspired by her work and that's contagious. Mm. Um, and she could really kind of talk about like references and what she was looking at. She had questions. There were still problems um, that she was working through kind of in her process and in the work. And so that was like super exciting. Um, it was really dynamic. It was kind of great to see where, like you could see the the questioning and you could see like, okay, this is a moment of like evolution. Um, and while, you know, this work is stronger, this work right here isn't resolved, you could see that it would be in the future, right? right? Yeah. So it was like this kind of full kind of encompassing experience. Um, yeah, I think one of the worst studio visits um, was with an artist who um, didn't have a lot of work at all. Um, and was kind of stuck, had been told that the work was great for so long um, that they couldn't get past it mm. um, and couldn't, like, receive feedback, couldn't hear things, couldn't even, like, hear the question of, like, so what artists, you know, who do you look at? What are some of the artists? Who are some of the artists that inspire you? Um, you know, they just couldn't receive that. It's just like, nah, it's just me and my like it's just me. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, right? Yeah, because, it's never just it, you. Yeah, right. And 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 it makes for a difficult and awkward situation because you're not sure. One, you're not really sure why you're there, other than maybe to validate somebody. Um, and if you don't necessarily feel that you can validate them in the way they expect you to, right? It just makes <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. yeah, <laughs> like oh, you <laughs> no, oh, you want me to to tell you is good, oh, right, yeah, but it's um, <laughs> so then it just becomes like a series of questions that. Um, I tend to ask, like I'll start asking. Right. Um, but as, as I think that's hard because in that situation, um, what was super, kind of, what was frustrating is that it wasn't, it was kind of a waste of time mm. because you didn't want to hear anything other than I'm fabulous. You didn't want to, there was no kind of curiosity at all. Um, and then like the work, like there wasn't even enough to like, make almost like a full sentence right so like you may have gotten like halfway through and there's like and then the, it just trails off there's no punctuation there's no conclusion you're right. just like what yeah um and 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 that makes it that that's tough that's really hard oh man i can imagine <laughs> i can imagine i i've had those uh conversation with but you know artist to artist is it's very different is um mm -hmm. i think uh when curators come into your space you you feel a sense of authority like uh this person is you know officially looking at me uh mm -hmm. on a, in a different way than like a peer-to-peer -peer, like artist to artist i'm in your studio uh people might respect my opinion but it doesn't hold the same weight and mm -hmm. so i don't know I, I i try to encourage people and you pointed out two things like in your examples that I always try to to point out about people is one, what are you excited about? Um, mm -hmm. And like, let's, let's do more of that stuff. Like, even if it's, if you don't feel like it's as good 
as good, quote unquote, as what you right. did have done before. Um, you know, you got to follow the creative energy. You got to follow the juice, like, you know, just flow down the river, like wherever's going to mm-hmm. take you will be in the end a better place than just you like pointing it out for yourself uh, right. and following that version of it. And two, your second example is to stay engaged with it. right and don't don't read your own press clippings like (laughs) like you know like really always consider yourself to be emerging and working Mm -hmm. and uh and to stay engaged with it uh you know people people do have that problem uh Mm -hmm. they had that problem and they get it from comparing themselves to other people you know what i'm saying and and all of that type of stuff Mm -hmm. like you, you ever run across people and and you feel like their work is too similar to another artist Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think it is part of that is um, a problem of the market and a challenge of education. Right. Mm-hmm. Because when you like in art school, wherever it is, right, like you're taught to look at somebody and copy. Right. And then like how well you did, you get like the check or the A, or you get to show it, right? So everyone has done, like a Van Gogh-inspired, Right. every kid has done it, right? Um, and then you get to grad school, if you go that far, and then it's like, okay, forget all that. Now you got to find your own voice. And that's super hard when you are taught to, to like replicate somebody's process up until that point. Um, and then it depends on like, who is teaching you or what, you, you know, what your practice is. If you, if you, it's kind of like someone who learns to play piano um, by ear and can't read music. Right. Mm, right. Then while you're incredibly talented and you can do this thing, there's a, there's a space that's missing, right. That, that could push you further. Um, and so I, I, it's, it's a challenge. Um, and I think in terms of the market, Depending regionally where you are, there are certain things that sell, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, again, dollars are real and we need them to live. And so, <laughs> like, you, like, it, it's easy to, like, make work that you know will sell. Um, sometimes in work that is, I think, more, um, that's a chance or a risk, right? Yeah. Um, where there isn't a, a, an, an, um, a pre-made market for it. And so sometimes, you know, you get stuck in those spaces where you're doing like um, images of Tupac, right. Or like <laughs> right. painting, you know, and, and no offense to none of it. Right. Cause it all is important. Um, but like, if you're a 20 year old copying Aaron Douglas, mm. like that happens but like the relationship that you have with that style is very different from what Aaron Douglas had in that moment. Right. So how do we be inspired? Because again, I think looking at artists work is important because they've often solved problems. Right. Or like understand these color like relationships and you're just like, Oh my God, like that's the thing. Like that's, that's it. Like that's what I've been trying to figure out, but you're still able to create work that is uniquely yours. Um, yeah, I think that's important. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think uh, for me, especially going into grad school, uh, I was a working artist. Uh, but being in is like two completely different ways of looking at 
artwork, like being mm-hmm. out in the market, trying to sell in the galleries, like, you know, face to face with people having these um, uh, connections, uh, almost like hand to hand, almost like hand to hand with collectors and stuff. And then get into an academic space where everything has to be worded and justified mm-hmm. and um, and researched in a different way. It it, it gave me um, interesting perspectives. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I tried to find my medium in between, you know, well, you know, it, <laughs> who's to say how good I was at finding a balance, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I tried uh, because it, because it is a thing where, like you said, like um, there was money that was being made by me uh, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to not make that money, but right. I didn't want to, to embrace this new reality, like this new world of, you know, finding this research and all these different people and all these names and, and journals and all this other stuff that uh, can to be creatively free is difficult. Mm-hmm. Like it's, yes. you know, when you come from certain backgrounds. Absolutely. What was the last show that you curated? So there's a show that's currently up at McCall um, and it's a, uh, a show of our current artists and residents. Um, and there are, who's in it? Like, I know everybody's name. <laughs> so it's Seashong Z um, is one of our artists. Janet Lauren Hill, um, Edison Peñafiel, and um, Jackie Milad. And so um, it's a show kind of introducing them to the community. It's called Conflict Point. Um, and what's, I think, oh, and Barbara um, uh, Shriver, who is actually local, which is, again, is super exciting um, because we have that exchange happening with the artists. And so it, it's just really, um, it's kind of an interesting show. Uh, Edison, there, there's a lot of performance work um, that that appears via video in the show. Um, and for a lot of the artists, not only do performance, but they do photography they they create um like mixed media work that then is translated into this other kind of process and and medium so it's it's a really i think it's a fun show um it was it was hard to install in some ways but it was it's really we're having a good time with it um and we're actually uh sharing that tonight tonight is like the uh, formal open house so that people can come see the exhibition and meet all of the artists in the building that's and then awesome. I think the one before that was in Florida um, and it actually um, had a number of, of um, Atlanta based artists. So uh, Shaniqua Gay was in oh, it. Yes, my girl, yeah. was in it. I know she's fabulous. I love her. Like, so there were a lot of artists um, from Atlanta who were in it. Mel, Melissa Alexander was oh, in yeah, it. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that was yeah. a good show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they on play. The, you know, <laughs> magical artists that they they are not playing any games and I love it. Yeah, they've been on the podcast too. Like we all know oh, each other. Yeah, we all you know, the one big circle. I, I think it's 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 weird how you gravitate to people. Um mm-hmm. especially like when you're engaged in that creative work in that way. Like you just right. gravitate to people that are also trying to do it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know mm-hmm. if they would say the same thing for me, but <laughs> <laughs> but I, I gravitated to them for sure. Nah, that's awesome, yo. That's awesome. You got anything coming up in the future? Like extra special or just working at McCall? Uh, 
it's, it's, it's extra special working at McCall. No, I don't have anything. <laughs> it is, though, because I get to spend, like, all day with artists. So, like, earlier today, I was like, I'm going to bop down and look at the studio. <laughs> so, I'm just like, hey, what are you doing? Right? So, it, that's great. I think right now, um, because I've only been here for a minute, um, and we're doing a lot of kind of uh, change and growth and, and really trying to think about, you know, how we truly serve these artists. Um, I will be focusing on that. Um, I, you know, we'll have another exhibition in a few months and I'll work on that. And we're, we're looking at doing some more collaborations and we're really interested in like connecting with organizations and artists who are in our region. And that includes down to Atlanta because there's this like super interesting, like highway of artists, right? There's this exchange between Charlotte and Atlanta. And actually one of our next residents is from Atlanta. Oh. The Atlanta area. Ken yeah. West, who's a photographer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's going to be here in the fall. So we're looking at like those relationships. And so I'll really be kind of focused on cultivating those relationships um, and like building our new program um, or can not building it, but like helping to like develop these uh, new processes and ways of working with artists. I mean, this is the first time for a long time, and, and especially post-COVID, like we have people in the building. So like, <laughs> you know, we're all like learning like how to like talk to each other again, not yeah. on Zoom. And like, what does it mean to have people in the building? And so I'll really be looking at developing and supporting and collaborating around, you know, the program here. That's awesome, yo. And so you invited people to reach out to you. So how can they yes. reach out to you? So um, what's easiest? So, you know, I have like the little social media situation. I'm, it's my name, so I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll try to keep things simple. So Janelle, J-O-N-E-L-L underscore Logan is my Instagram name. I'm also on Facebook with my name. And then um, for here at the McCall, my uh, email address is jlogan um, at mccallcenter.org. That's what's up, yo. Tell her if you reach out, tell them that you heard her on the studio noise. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Let her know like, where you got it from. And and use your proper DM etiquette, please. Please, oh, please. don't don't harass oh, my girl. Please. please. <laughs> look, because I'm gonna look at them funny and then I'm gonna come across you and be like, listen, I'm gonna need you to get both together. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's none of that, yo. Hopefully it's all good things <laughs> and great shows coming up, yo. Thank you so much for talking with us on the show, yo. It's my pleasure. Thank you. And that's it. Another episode of Studio Noise in the bag. Big thank you to Janelle Logan for coming on the show. She is quite amazing. I love that conversation. Next week, we got Dr. Imar Insei Ime right here on the podcast talking about his drawings. It's going to be more good times for you. To all my artists out there, if you're a painter, make a sculpture. If you do ceramics, make a collage. If you dance, make a drawing. Keep it fresh, baby. Keep making that noise. We'll be back next week, y'all. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Studio Noise Podcast. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Please take a second to rate us and write a review to make sure everybody knows about the noise. Follow us on Instagram 
at Studio Noise Podcast.